Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. COVID-19 is robbing us of a lot more than our health these days. According to many, our basic freedoms are also being eroded by the virus. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, joins us to discuss the pandemic and our freedom. Lincoln, the time is yours. Yeah, well, this is a topic that we've touched on a number of times in the last year, and I think we we'll probably revisit again in the next year because we're in a long-term pandemic, not just a couple of weeks like we all hoped, like everybody else. We didn't want this to continue. At the beginning of 2020, when sort of a lockdown, I think that's an exaggeration. They talk about lockdowns, except in Wuhan and a couple of other totalitarian-type countries. People haven't been literally locked down. I spoke to someone in Eastern Europe, and he said they were not allowed out of their homes. Wow, wow. And if they did, the police would nab them and fine them or imprison them. Well, we haven't had anything like that, and nor should we. But, you know, that illustrates what's at stake here. In many and various ways, civil liberties and liberty of movement, which is quite important. And I can remember during the Cold War, we used to regularly get all hot and bothered and deeply criticize the Soviet Union and other communist countries for not allowing people to travel freely. Mm-hmm. They used to have to have identity passes to leave Moscow and go to another part of Russia. We saw this as a huge infringement on individual liberties. But we're probably edging closer to that sort of a thing. I'm pretty sure that in the next few months, they're very likely to require uh, some certificate of either inoculation or a negative result on the test before you travel, perhaps even before you enter certain shops almost guaranteed you won't be able to go into a federal building unless you have some certificate of authenticity. And the logic is behind it. But people really need to think, what's going on here for civil liberties? Are we just going to become cogs in a societal machine that's administered by those who know better for our own good, but in a certain way do what we did in Vietnam, you know, destroy the village to save it? And I don't know the answer to it, but people need to keep asking the question. You're balancing civil liberties against a certain security. And there's that famous quote, those who are willing to give up liberty for security don't deserve liberty or security. (laughs) Yes. We've been blindsided with this, but we need to think carefully about it. The stakes are getting higher and higher all the time. So freedoms are going to be under increasing stress right up front. And it's what we've talked about on this program before. Religion or religious activities were under a frown and quite a restriction because they were not seen as essential services. So there was a you know a health logic and a sociological imperative, but it resulted in direct restriction of religious activity. And you know whether the answer is in direct opposition and rebellion against that sort of directive, you know I wouldn't want to say it that bluntly. Yeah. But we shouldn't just give away religious liberty that quickly. Because in the history of mankind, there have been any number of emergencies that seem so big that everything else is suspended. But suspended things can be very important in their own right. And once given away, they may not be given back easily. 
Lincoln, in this balancing act that you're talking about between freedom and security, would a child have the right to look at a mom and dad and saying, hey, you're taking my freedom away to run around and play like I want to because you want to keep me from running out on the street. You're taking my freedom away for the sense of security. Isn't that what the government's doing now for us? Isn't the government parenting us in a good way? Well, good in quotes. Maybe well-intentioned, but it may not be good for the values that we put into forming our liberal democracy. And, you know, I must say, and it's a greater vision or a greater judgment than just on COVID. But I must say the the election of 2020 brought home to me that we are in the twilight of democratic ideals. Mm -hmm. I really believe, even if it goes another few decades, it still would qualify as twilight for me, but the comprehension of the values that undergird a great system that isn't just in the United States, but in, you know, generally in the Western world, you know, it was slow birthed, There was violent resistance to it as it formed. And in the large sweep of history, it's an anomaly. And I think in our lifetime, we're seeing it drift away. There was a study that I read recently in the United States. I don't know how they wrote the questions, which is always a big part of these surveys. Yes. It may have been loaded the wrong way, but according to the survey, somewhere around 30% of the U.S. populace, when questioned, said they would rather have an unelected authoritarian ruler than the democratic system we now have. That's startling. 30%? Wow. Wow. I, you know, I have to hope that the question was loaded. Yes, yes. But even if it were 10%, it would be problematic. Oh my word. As I've often decried on this program, a poor understanding or not even any familiarity with the language of the Constitution is one thing, but it translates into people that are grossly ignorant on the principles that underlie it, that don't have a a personal individual conviction and and motivation toward it. So what, you know, how how can you help them? You know, I really believe in the biblical warning. It says, where my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, a free society can perish equally for lack of just literal knowledge about what constitutes freedom. Yes, yes. If you don't understand the definition, if you don't know it when you see it, you'll lose it. Are you saying that if our government clearly identified the problem with the pandemic and clearly said, you're in danger out there if you gather together, if you breathe on people, if you stand closer than six feet, if you go maskless, if they clearly delineated that issue and got the word out to everybody, like a parent saying to the child, if you run out in the street, you can hit by a car, there would be enough people in America who would say, well, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm not going to gather together. I'm going to be careful. Would there be enough of us to save the rest of us? Are you saying that's what's going to happen? To me, that's on the most basic level, like Martin Luther, who was a rather uh, earthy guy in his yeah. own private yeah. life and writings. You know, he, he made a wild statement. He says, the angels cover their eyes because of God's glory. And he says, and I wear trousers because of the women. <laughs> 
Okay. We wear trousers in public because we don't want public nakedness. That's a reasonable public yes. rule. Yeah. And I think you don't sneeze on other people because it's just rude and disrespectful and sometimes hazardous to other human beings. And when there's a pandemic around, if a mask will restrict the contagion, fine. There is no restriction of freedom anywhere. I'm well aware that one religion might complain a little bit on that. The Islamists, with the requirement in the extreme form that women wear these chadors, yeah, you know, head yeah. to toe and that, you know, they've, they've cried religious freedom on certain aspects. And in a reverse way, like in Australia, I remember when I was visiting there, they pulled over a Muslim woman dressed in one of these head-to-toe things with eye slits for speeding, and she would not show her face to identify to be booked for speeding. Okay. And it went to the judge, and he dismissed it curiously because since she never revealed herself, he didn't know that that was even the woman appearing in court. <laughs> well, that's how it backfired, didn't it? <laughs> yes. But, you know, I think that in that case, it is antisocial. That yeah. was nothing to do with religion and everything to do with public safety and even just normal intercommunication between people to identify yourself. Yeah. So, you know, I don't see any problem with masks or some element of social distancing. But, you know, even in church, it's reached the ridiculous level. No singing. All that should be required is if you sing further distance. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with singing. Okay, okay, okay. Now I'm understanding. Now I'm understanding. All right. You're, you're saying not necessarily what we do, but how we do it. It's okay to do what we want to do if we do it a certain way that actually protects other people. Right. And of course, are you making an assumption that everyone will do that, Lincoln? Everyone will follow that idea? Well, of course they won't. That's why there's, there's prisons and why there's social uh, shaming and all. There's many devices that society has to create some form of compliance. All right. you, we don't want scofflaws. But in this particular regard, religion must be seen as important. And it's fine. People agree it's important. But you can't just sort of sweep it away suddenly because something else important comes along. Okay. Okay. I, I have really, and, and here I'm, I'm, I'm almost a voice of one, but I am still bothered to the day I die by good legislation on religious liberty that always carries with it the idea that, yes, this is now your right as passed by law, unless there's a compelling governmental interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want weasel language that lets people who maybe not even inclined to think highly of your right or, or religious liberty sweep it away under the excuse of a temporary emergency. Some values are so transcendent. You know, I was talking to someone today about Christian missions. I edited our paper in Australia for years, and I used to just love to print some of the things about early missionaries to yes. the South Pacific. Yes. They went to villages where uh, the, the witch doctor would incite people to violence against them. A number of them were killed. I remember a young man and his wife who visited a home in Australia just before they went to uh, New Guinea. And a few months later, he died. A religious provocation resulted in him being run through with a rebar, which is what they use for spears there. And he endured about 10 hours in a canoe with the rebar sticking right through his body, went to a hospital where he died. That was a threat to his life to be a Christian missionary. He knew that. His wife knew that. But they still went. So the idea that people full of religious zeal would, would accept a certain risk to do the necessary, and yet the chance of catching something two or three times more dangerous than the flu, you will give up your gospel commission, is bizarre to me. There's always a danger to everything. There's even a danger to living. 
I could go wading up to my ankles in the Chesapeake Bay, and there's a flesh-eating bacteria there. That's right. That is a reasonable chance of catching it, and any number of waders on a given beach, someone will be exposed to it. But we don't forbid people to wade on that beach, but we presume that people will be careful not to wade if they have scratches on their feet, or they they won't let their kids just rove unsupervised. Mm And we need to, given that this pandemic is going to continue, we need to be sure we protect real rights and look at real and relative risks when we do things. Or else society is going to be squeezed down to nothing and worse, manipulated by those that have an agenda to control us. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, has been our guest today talking about the pandemic and freedom. Fantastic conversation. Thank you, Lincoln, so much. Appreciate it. My pleasure. And listener, we have a website for you, libertymagazine.org. Check it out. Lots of good resources there for you, libertymagazine.org. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>